Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Hey, everyone. My name is Mark Warder. Can you hear me okay? Praise God. I, uh, this is my fourth time speaking, so two times in the elementary school gym, once over in the new space, and uh, so I'm going to try to preach really fast because I know that you're baking there in the hot sun. God bless you. Um, some, you know, guy brought a tent back there. That's amazing. Someone brought their dog last service. The dog got saved. It was awesome. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but um, I, I grew up in, in the Twin Cities here and went to the U- University of St. Thomas, uh, became a high school teacher, met my wife at that school. She was a teacher. We moved to Bolivia and Panama and um, now have three kids and, uh, and live here in the Twin Cities. And I'm just honored again to be here. I love your pastor. Um, what, what God is doing in this community is miraculous. And, uh, and we follow you guys, you know, online and um, just connecting with Pastor David. And um, I just really believe that this morning I'm supposed to encourage you and I'm supposed to help you take that next step in your faith. So if you've been following Jesus 30, 40, see some gray hairs, God bless you, 50 years, you need to take that next step in your faith, right? If you're not dead, you're not done. And I'm in my 40s, so I got gray hair. If, if you're under 40 this morning, you're going to take your next step in your faith too. I feel like that's the assignment that God has given me. When I went to St. Thomas, I played football and ran track. I ran the 400 hurdles. And my junior year, I had the chance to make it to the national championships. I took third. And I thought to myself, for my senior year, I'm going to win the whole thing. I'm going to win the national. So, I, so, you know, I, so I trained and my nutrition and my sleep and I get to the national championships, qualify for the finals, and I, and I want to show you what happened in that final race. <sighs> Runners, take your mark. And I pushed off before the gun went off. And I was disqualified from the meet. Now, for a 22-year-old, it was heartbreaking. It was so disappointing. And then, you know, for the three, four, five weeks afterwards, everyone was asking me about it. Hey, you know, how was the meet? And I had to tell them I had to watch from the infield for my last college race. I mean, I... I was sad. It, uh, it, it kind of messed with me, you know, mentally for a little bit. And maybe some of you have had unexpected failure. Maybe it's heartbreak, loss. And, and this can really impact how you think about yourself. Now, if you were to kind of move the, the pendulum, what about just you spend significant time with someone or a group of people and they just pull you down. They're just so negative. That really can impact you too. Have you ever felt like this before? Are you in a situation like this currently? Your identity is who you are. It's how you think of yourself. And listen, it's being challenged every single day. Your identity, how you view yourself, 
who you are, how you define yourself. It's being challenged every single day. The culture that we're living in, the landscape that we are in 2023. But circumstances and what you're listening to, what you're watching, and the people that are in your life challenge your identity every single day. Now, some of you, you're in a good spot for where you are. You know who you are. You're in God. You're in Christ. Some of you are unsure about that. And I even just say that I feel like I didn't really know who I was until I was 23. But some of you are, are searching still. Maybe you're a little confused. There's questions, there's doubts, and that's okay. Like we welcome that here at Renovation. Some of you are one person while you're here and you're a totally different person somewhere else. Many in the world today might even use some of these words. I'm gonna use these four words all throughout the message. Confused, anxious, lonely, and broken. Could that describe you? Could that describe your identity right now? Confused, anxious, lonely, broken, maybe one of them, maybe all of them. Like, let's just be real. The title of today's message, Everyone Has an Identity. If you've been coming the last few weeks, we're, we're in the series in a book called Zechariah. He's one of the minor prophets. And he's ministered to a small remnant of Jews who had returned to Judah, like they had been in captivity. Now they get sent back and they're supposed to rebuild the temple. Okay, it's kind of significant. It's like, you guys are rebuilding your temple. You know, it's like, and just being out here, you know, you're, you're suffering, right? And there's, there's challenge and, okay, it's not exactly the same. <laughs> but in the moment of them rebuilding the temple, they laid the foundation and then they just got caught up in conflict and, and, um, and disappointment and, and they stopped building. So Zechariah gets to come as the prophet and speak into them and pour into them so that this thing can get done. And so if you have your Bible, you want to turn it on and go to the app, it's Zechariah chapter 8 today. Zechariah 8, 1, it says, The word of the Lord Almighty came to me. Now, this sentence is, is repeatedly mentioned in chapter 8 and throughout the book. And I'm going to say a pretty obvious thing here, okay? I want to pause so that the prophet Zechariah here is being spoken to. Okay? And that's significant. God is speaking so that then he can speak to the people. 500 years later, Jesus comes on the scene he said, the Father and I are one. We know in Scripture that the exact representation of who God is is in the person of Jesus Christ. Now Jesus is speaking, and he's spoken some of the greatest teachings the world has ever known, even to date. Then Jesus dies, resurrects, is with them for about 40 days, and then he goes back to his heavenly Father. He says, wait for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes on the disciples— and now like the spirit of Jesus is in them and now he's speaking and guiding and directing them. Then about three, four hundred years later, the Bible is assembled, canonized, and now the Holy Spirit's using his word to speak. And now here we come, you know, 500 years ago, the printing press starts and now you can actually sit there with the word of God in your lap 
and that's significant. I'm saying this because people are worshiping all kinds of things. The horoscope, the stars, the sun, the moon, nature, philosophy, politics themselves, but none of these are speaking back. We believe that God is speaking. If you're taking notes, point number one, he is speaking. He is speaking. Like, this is amazing. Remember those four words, confused, anxious, lonely, and broken. Let's talk about the first one, confused. He's not just speaking. He's speaking the truth about our world, about this church, about you. And there is no confusion with God. He is speaking and bringing the truth. He's bringing clarity. His words are life. His words are what our hearts and our minds need right now. He is speaking. And there's times where I'm not in my scriptures. And and now I'm getting a tainted view of what's happening in the world with the culture just continuing to move farther and farther away from God. I need his words in my life to help me remember who I am, my identity, and so do you. And I want to just say, like, there's this thing kind of in the Christian bubble that you need to read your Bible and pray for 30 minutes every day. Otherwise, you're a bad Christian, which, by the way, is an oxymoron. Can't put bad in Christ, right, in that same sentence. Some of you, listen, it is so good for you for five minutes. Open up the text, read some verses, ask God, God, speak to me through your word right now. The Holy Spirit will do that. I actually had that happen to me this week. I was reading my Bible, a passage that I've read, you know, many times in the New Testament, and it felt like the verse popped off the page. Like God was speaking to me. This is a big deal, right? We have this God, this supernatural God that's still speaking today. But then in that moment, as I was journaling about it, one of my friend's faces popped into my, in my mind. And I felt like I was supposed to text him that verse and just a few lines to encourage him. And this is what he said in the text. He said, you don't even know what I'm going through, but this verse is exactly what I needed. Hey, God is speaking. He's speaking to us. He's speaking to you. And this is significantly impacting how we view ourselves. Let's continue reading in Zechariah, chapter 8, verse 2. It says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I am very jealous for Zion. I am burning with jealousy for her. So, So God is jealous for us, but what does that mean? Because when we think of jealousy, we think of envy. You know, we think about the new shoes, the clothes, the car, the phone, the watch, the house, the boat, you know, it's like, and we see other people having those things and or just even like the position at work that that person has, the number of followers that one of your friends have. And it's like, man, they're like, they post, it's not it's the kind of garbage, you know, you know, you're just like comparing yourself to them, right? That's what we think of when we think of jealousy and envy. But listen, God feels deeply and intensely about the people of Israel, the Jews, this remnant. In this moment, Zechariah, he's zealously committed to Israel. 
When God is jealous, he is zealous. He will allow nothing to interfere with his plans for his people, whatever it takes to get them to where they want him to go. And here's why this is important. Because God's jealousy for his people implies a relationship with him. And I know if you're a part of this church, you, you maybe hear that all the time, but if you're newer to this church, maybe you grew up in a different denomination or even religion, relationship is everything here because God wants to have one with you. And when I think about other denominations or religions, it's almost like sometimes we feel like we have to earn our way, like our good works, and we have to strive and climb up this mountain. And I believe that Jesus isn't waiting for us on top of the mountain as you climb. Actually, Jesus is on top of the mountain and then he comes down the mountain and meets you on the trail for relationship. It's beautiful. At the heart of this verse, we see the Lord's burning desire to be with his people. So if you're in Christ today, if you have a relationship with God, you belong to God and he belongs to you. You are his and, and he is yours. Point number two, he is jealous. God is jealous. He loves you with a deep and sincere love. And someone needs to be reminded of that here this morning. He's allowed the Jews to come back to rebuild the temple because he longs for that relationship. He isn't disappointed at you. He isn't disinterested in you. He is this loving, heavenly father. Now remember those four words, confused, anxious, lonely, broken. Confused, anxious, lonely, broken. The second one, anxious. Anybody here anxious? Anybody here have anxiety that, that stirs up, that pops up, that keeps following you around? Now, I get it. A lot of us have struggled with that. But I just want to remind you, because he is loving, I don't have to be anxious anymore. And I want to just tell you that. I, I know it's not maybe always just this quick fix. For some, God can heal you of that right now. But you don't have to be anxious anymore. And the significant reason is because you have this heavenly father and his, his love casts out all fear and anxiety. He wants to give you an embrace here this morning. And my anxiety is turned into peace which passes all understanding because I know that I am loved. Now, 21 years ago, I proposed to my wife, Kelly. She was a dancer and I wanted to do something really special. You know, you see all these, you know, proposals online now. Back then, you know, we were just trying our best, right? But I thought, what if I could get into the dance studio that she grew up in? So I got the key. We went in there, I had some friends. They set up 300 tea light candles they left, trying not to burn down the place. We walked in, my guitar was there, wrote her a song, sang her a song. And because she was a dancer at the end of it, I said, you know, will you dance for me for the rest of our lives? That's where you're supposed to go. Oh, thank you, renovation. Well, leave me up here. In that moment, the, the, the overwhelming love, safety, peace, that came over my future wife was significant. And when we're in that kind of relationship with someone, although we know that no earthly relationship's perfect, God has this perfect relationship that he wants for us that is so unconditional, 
that he just keeps coming back. He just keeps pursuing us. I mean, for some of you, maybe you've strayed away. And I just think there's that story where, you know, there's the father and the son. The son has left and, and, and now he realizes he wants to come back and the father doesn't run towards him with condemnation, but in celebration because his son is coming home. He loves you. He's crazy about you. Number two, he is jealous. Continuing on in Zechariah 1, verse 3, this is what the Lord says, I will return to Zion and dwell in Jerusalem. Then Jerusalem will be called the faithful city and the mountain of the Lord Almighty will be called the holy mountain. Number three, write this down. He is present. So he likes to have a place to fill. He is dwelling for you. And this is what the Lord Almighty says, that the Lord is coming to live among them. He's not distant. He's not far off. He didn't, you know, wind the world up and then just, you know, let it do its thing and he just kind of backed up. No, this is his presence and it's here. And, you know, I think so often, especially in church life and the Christian life, we can get so caught up in asking God for comfort, peace, unity, healing, forgiveness, deliverance, transformation, and we forget that those things are the fruit of his presence. His presence is the greatest blessing. Let's not allow our hearts to chase the blessings rather than the presence of the one who wants to give it. Let's come to him first. Remember those four words, confused, anxious, lonely, broken, confused, anxious, lonely, broken. Let's talk about loneliness because this is real, man. Coming off of COVID, some of us are just in patterns of feeling lonely. And I just believe, this is not cliche. Listen, his presence envelops loneliness. He wants to, he wants to be with you. I mean, I think about sometimes, you know, in our loneliness, we're crying out to God. It feels like our prayers are bouncing off the ceiling or the roof of our homes. But really, he's sitting right next to us in the same room. I remember my daughter now is 17. She's going to be a senior. We're freaking out about that in high school. And, but when she was like seven or eight, I asked her to go get a blanket down in the basement. I mean, how many of you growing up had a scary basement? Can I get an amen from all, you're like, my parents still live there and it's so freaky. And so she's standing at the top of the stairs. I don't think our basement was scary. But at that moment, she wouldn't take that first step. And I was like, Leah, hurry up. You know, no word from her. Leah, get the blank. You know, she's like, I can't. <laughs> she's like stuck. You know, they're like glue on her shoes. So I walk over to her. I grab her hand. We walk down the stairs together. She's like, has no problem. Goes and gets the blanket, comes back, grabs my hand. We walk up the stairs. What was the difference from the first scenario to the second scenario? It was because she was in the presence of her father. And it changed everything. Her fear, her anxiety, her struggle 
with, with going down into this unknown. Man, some of us are in the unknown right now in our lives. You feel like you're all alone. I believe that, that God is here in the yard of an elementary school. I believe he's going to be in your car today and this week as you're driving. He's going to be in your home, your apartment, your dorm room. He's going to be in your bedroom. When you wake up, maybe this week, instead of just grabbing your phone and jumping on social media, you wake up, you can actually turn and get on your knees as the first thing you do as you wake up. And you just, listen, recognize his presence because he's in that room with you. The power of being in his presence, even here to get today amongst other believers, then goes next level. Because as our faith collides together and our prayers collide together, we need each other. He is speaking. He is jealous. He is present. And the last one, jump down just a few verses. Zechariah 1, 6. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Let's just take a time out there. Lord Almighty, okay, so this is calling out who God is. It actually says this name of God, Lord Almighty, 18 times just in this chapter. It says, may it, be, may it seem marvelous to the remnant of this people at this time, but will it seem marvelous to me, declares the Lord Almighty. They say it again. And what does this mean? I want you to hear a few other translations that helps us get a, get a picture of, of what he's saying here in verse six. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. Look at that. The Lord of heaven's army says, all this may seem impossible to you now to rebuild the temple, a small remnant of God's people, but is it impossible for me? Says the Lord of heaven's armies. He's like, of course not. The last one. Do the problems of returning and rebuilding the temple by just a few survivors seem too much? Because that's what they were thinking and feeling. But then through Zechariah, God is speaking through him. He says, but is anything too much for me? Not if I have my say. The word of the Lord. And think about your life right now. You are in the middle of something. You're struggling with something. It's been hard. Somehow you got out of bed today and you got here. And I'm proud of you. You made it to church, I believe, for this word. Number four, he is powerful. He is powerful. He can do the impossible. I know there's been times where you asked for it. You called on him and it didn't happen. And it's hard and it's tough. We don't always understand God's timing. But I'm telling you, he is powerful. Some of you, I mean, we could just grab the mic and we just give testimony after testimony of how God's done a powerful work in you. This remnant of the Jews had gotten stuck. And with the opposition, issues in the marketplace, issues with relationships, but God was going to rebuild the temple. And this idea for us can be challenging because we just live in the natural, right? Just science, hypotheses, gravity, you know, it's just, but we don't serve a natural God. We serve a supernatural God who's still doing supernatural things today, renovation. And even though 
Things are broken. I believe God is in the business of fixing things. I mean, from brokenness to healing, there's testimonies of overcoming alcoholism, drug addiction, porn addiction, physical sickness and ailments. And none of those things had anything to do with you, but it was all about God's miraculous power in and through your life. I was just in Kentucky a few months ago and there was this gathering at the Kentucky men's and women's basketball stadium. And there's revival breaking out in Kentucky. Some of you guys remember the Asbury revival and it had moved into the stadium and we were there and a friend of ours was speaking about suicide. And, and he spoke this word and he said, man, if, if anybody here has struggled with that or struggling with it right now, you know, would you raise your hand or stand up? And I'm, you know, in this basketball arena and I see this like 6'5", 230-pound dude, like linebacker across the arena. And he stood up and I just felt like God spoke to me. I had to beeline towards him. I just walked up to him. And I opened my arms up and this kid embraced me. And we stood there hugging and just weeping <laughs> for like almost a minute. It was wild. And he told me afterwards, he said, I want to get this right. He said, I thought I was going to end it tonight, his life. But I felt compelled to walk over to the arena. He didn't even know the event was happening. And here's this guy on campus. Feels God speaking to him. Feels this pull. And God brought him into this arena. And it changed his life. Why? Because God is powerful. Amen? Because God is powerful. And he did a work in his life. He can do a work in your life. He is powerful. Bring the band back up as we close here the service. So these four things that identify who God is. He is speaking. He is jealous. He is present. And he's powerful. And his identity formed you. We were made in the image of God. And if, and if he created you, then he gets to tell you who you are. And you're loved. And you're significant. And you're chosen. But those aren't the words that you're hearing in your life as you walked in here this morning. And maybe you're in a romantic relationship. I just feel, I didn't say this first hour. If you're in a relationship and that guy or that girl is pulling you down, this, I believe, is a word for you to end that relationship here this morning, today. Don't wait. God did not call you to have to endure that anymore. God is speaking over you. His identity is showing you who he is, and that's showing us who we are. You need this. Come on. Again, he's speaking, he's jealous, he's present, he's powerful. Because he speaks, I can know the truth and I can go from confusion to clarity. Because he's jealous, I know that I'm loved and my anxiety turns to peace. Because he's present, I'm no longer sitting alone, crying alone. He's with you. He's with me. Because he's powerful, the cracks, the brokenness I have, the pain that I feel even right now, he can transform you and he can heal you. His identity is forming your identity. 
I just believe the ultimate identity, one of the beauties of, of what this gathering is all about is being called today a son or a daughter of God. But you're not born into that. We've been made in the image of God, but we're not all children of God. You have to be adopted into the family. And I want to just invite you to do that here this morning. To come into relationship with him. He is real. He is real. He is real. And today's your moment. Today's when you're going to take that step in your faith and it's to start your faith or come back to your faith. Go ahead and close your eyes and bow your heads wherever you're sitting. You would just, in the quietness of where you're sitting or standing, if you're watching this online, you're going to just pray this prayer in your heart. It's going to be to God. You're going to say, God, I need you. God, I'm tired. I'm empty. I've sinned against you. And I want to say I'm sorry. God, forgive me of all my sin. But God, thank you for also being a savior. Thank you, God, for dying three days later, rising from the grave. I believe, God, that you did that. And I believe that right now you want to have a relationship with me. God, I give you control. God, I surrender my life to you right now. In Jesus' name. Everyone, keep your eyes closed, your heads bowed. If just you would recognize that, that you made that step here and prayed that prayer because you needed it for your life here this morning. On the count of three, no one's looking. On the count of three, would you just lift your hand up in the air? If you prayed that prayer, three, two, one. Go ahead and raise your hand right now. Yeah, I see your hands over here. Two over here. Yeah, one over here. Praise God. One right here in the front. God bless you. Any other hands? Come on. Lift them up if that prayer was for you this morning. Amen. Put your hands down. Let me just pray for all of us now. God, we thank you for who you are. It's like nothing else we've ever experienced before. It seems too good to be true, but God, you are truth. Jesus, you are truth. You said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus, we just want to look to you for who we are now. Thank you for who you are. God, we want it to transform who we are. And God, help us to take that next step. God, whatever it is, you know, hundreds here this morning, whatever that next step for you, I just pray blessing over it, courage to go and do that, power to go and do that, love to go and do that, to do the hard thing, to do the next thing, to do the right thing, God. We just pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.